Diz Life Podcast is brought to you by Pinch of Pixie Dust Travel. People who love Disney understand that life isn't about the breaths you take, it's about the moments that take your breath away. That's why we help coordinate the most magical adventures for you and your family. Disney, Universal, Sandals, Norwegian, Carnival, and more, we are a full-service concierge travel agency that will help with every aspect of your journey. Let us take care of the details while you enjoy your family. Get a quote today by calling us at 570-832-7798 or fill out a trip request form at pinchapixiedusttravel.com. Just follow the second start of the right straight on to your adventure. That's pinchapixiedusttravel.com, where you're making memories one trip at a time. And welcome back to this Dislife Podcast. My name is Mark Valentine, host of this Dislife Podcast. And I want to thank you all for living your best Disney life with us each and every week. Don't forget to check out all of our podcasts over at www.thisdislifepodcast.com. And while you're there, leave us a rating, a five-star review, so that we can connect with Disney fans from all over the world. If you're a fan of the show and you want to give us some support, please consider becoming one of our brand new Patreon members by going to patreon.com backslash this dislife. If you're one of our Patreons, you can get access to all kinds of extras like behind the scenes content, early access to episodes, live shout outs during live streams and shows, monthly ask me anythings, and then live event VIPs amongst many, many things. Uh, our pat- platinum level members also get a shirt from magic Monday lane as well. Uh, so a uh, big shout out to our Patreons, to Katie, uh, to Sarah, to Andy, and to Allison. Thank you so much for being our Patreons. We appreciate you oh so Very much. much. Yep. So, Dwayne, we are here today uh, yes. with the with a, <laughs> a, 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 a we're a big fan. We are uh, of of his socials and of his work today. Uh, Dwayne and I welcome to the Tiki Room Studio the one and only Kirk from Walrus Carp Clothing Company. Kirk, welcome to the show, my friend. Let's put on the show. <laughs> Kirk has Kirk's going to tell you all about the things that he has going on. He is a podcaster in his own right. Kirk, I will tell you, uh, you put out so much content, my man, that I have yet to get around to the podcast itself. But uh, it's it's the what uh, Kirk has a podcast. He has a TikTok. He has an amazing Instagram. Uh, I'm on his email list serve. He does. Uh, facebook stuff dude is there a social media that you are not on you're like the hardest working man in show business (laughs) uh well thank you that's very kind i i'm not on snapchat and i tried pinterest and i stink so horribly on it that and i saw no advantage that i said let's just dive into something i'm better at so uh, i'm not good on pinterest if anybody's good at pinterest hit me up help me out (laughs) (laughs) help the man help the man out he needs his pinterest game is weak uh, but oh, you, I pinned like 400 things in a month and it was like two views. I'm like, all right, I clearly am awful at this. I need to get better. So I, I love, and we're going to get into this tonight. So not only are we going to talk to Kirk about his Disney life, uh, Kirk has one of the greatest, and I kid you not, the greatest shticks on Instagram and his socials where 
he will put on his story, his stories, just dad jokes. And I appreciate and love a good dad joke, but I will, uh, I will crack up if I'm, you know, drinking my morning coffee, I'm checking out Instagram, I'm starting my day. There is nothing like a walrus carp dad joke to kind of start the day off the right way. Uh, but tonight we're going to have, obviously, like we always do, the first time that you're here, we're going to talk about your favorites and get your preferences, get to know Kirk. But he and Dwayne will be going toe-to-toe in the first ever dad joke off. If that's a thing. Is that a thing? I'm not sure thing? that's a thing. That's not a thing. <laughs> it is a thing, brother. And uh, honestly, it's it's a fun thing. So it's it's not really a competition. It's more or less, let's tell some really awful jokes that only make us laugh. <laughs> and, every, and everybody wins. Everybody yeah. wins. The better is my philosophy on dad jokes. And you got to cheer on Dwayne. For those of you who are, are listening, <laughs> Dwayne is selling himself short. I'm going to let you know this right up front. Dwayne is not confident in his abilities. And I feel bad because I threw Dwayne under the literal bus here. <laughs> and I was like, dude, it's you. You're going to, you're going to be the one that's facing off. Dwayne just came on for the support as, as the co-host of the show. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And by the way, you're going to be the guy that's facing off against Kirk in the dead. <laughs> that's fine. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. We Plus, all... I'll probably steal all your dad jokes and use them in the mornings. I, I just hope you don't tell them all. You may already have them all. Hey, Kirk, they're, they're, all they're all so good. I do have I, – I will admit. So when I was a kid – it's so funny, right? Uh, you find that you gravitate towards things that were really important to you when you were a kid. So I don't know if you guys had like scholastic book fairs or book fairs when you were kids at elementary school. Yes. Uh, I would look forward to them and I'd always buy two things at the bookstores or the book fairs. It would be something about video games, like a strategy guide or a Metroid something or other. Uh, And then it would be a book of dad jokes or just it was corny jokes back then. They weren't called dad jokes as they are known now. But you know what's so funny is – the dad jokes are so integrated into Disney attractions, and it's not that weird to think because it, every single great Disney attraction has a couple of really funny jokes added in that are and, – and the beauty of dad jokes is that they don't have to be blue, a.k.a. cursing or inappropriate. They can be just really benign and, and, and fun for everybody, and that's why I think I like them best. All right, so here's the one thing that I will tell you, though, Kirk, and this is like taking uh, – we're big Marvel fans here, as many of you know from Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. Like the scene, like the airport scene from Captain America Civil War, don't pull your punches. You know, when – when uh, who is it, Black Widow and Hawkeye are going toe-to-toe, and then Wanda, like, wrecks Black Widow and looks at, looks at her and it's like, you're pulling your punches. Don't pull your punches. Throw hard on this guy. So don't don't treat him with kid gloves. Dwayne's a big boy; he can handle the joke. So bring bring your A game. I you know listen, the dad jokes are all fun, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy them. <laughs> we we will. So again, for the, for those of you who don't know, we're we are gigantic fans of Kirk at Walrus Carp Clothing Company. Uh, for those of you who are watching us on our YouTube channel, I'm repping the one of the one of the many shirts that I have from Walrus Carp, which is the Piano Rob's Toontown shirt. But uh, Dwayne and I have taught Dwayne. Dwayne has the same shirt too. They're super comfortable. I love how funny they are. There's a bit of humor in all of them. Uh, the, the shirts are just really wonderfully comfortable. If I'm not in a Magic Monday Lane 
piece of attire. I am in walrus carp. And uh, like we did the the foodie awards last week and Amy and Dana would joke and said like, who are you wearing? Nine times out of 10, the who am I wearing is walrus carp and, and magic Monday lane. So I am a huge fan of the shirts. If you, if you love great Disney merch and you are looking for parks shirts, if you're in the market for park shirts, I have to tell you the shirts, the quality of the shirts are great. They're lightweight. So that in the summer heat of Florida, um, they are, they're the kind of shirts that you will want to wear because they're really nice and they're really breathable and they have really cool designs that not everyone else is going to be wearing. Uh, that, <laughs> you can't can say that again, dude. <laughs> no, that, no, but it's, so I, I've gotten this, no, but I've gotten this stuff from like a, uh, from like a home goods or a TJ Maxx yeah. or something. And like, you're walking Target. like the, okay. So like the pizza planet yeah. shirt, I love my pizza planet shirt. I really do. But you're as you're walking through the park, you see at least nine other dads with the Pizza Planet shirt. I like being the conversation piece right now. That I like. I feel like I'm in on the one of the best kept secrets in Disney merch because the cast members, when I line up or I'm in a queue or even just other people, will see my shirt. And I just got back from my daddy daughter trip, and I said to you, I have a shirt, a, a green Lucky shirt, and it's got a Mickey bar on it. Kirk, if I didn't have, I'm not kidding you. I'm not just saying this to you to make you feel good. If I did not have in the single day that I wore that to the Magic Kingdom, if I didn't have people ask me 20 times, at least 20, if not more, dude, where did you get that shirt? It's great because it's it's not in the Emporium. You can't get it at, at a Disney shop. And I would tell them, Walrus Carp Clothing Company, you have to get the shirt. They were like, that is a cool, that's a really cool shirt. So I, I tell people you know, we love, like, we love your brand. We love everything that you're doing. Uh, you're a fan of the show. We just, no, no one gets paid for these things. I, we love what you're doing. And, and the fact that you love it and you dig it also makes it like that much more enjoyable because we know that you do this because you are a Disney diehard Disney fan through and through. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things when you're coming up with a brand and trying to figure out your ideal demographic, like who are you trying to sell to? And my ideal customers are cast members or annual pass holders. So this is not the uh, somebody coming to Disney for the first time. This is not the, oh, I really like Mickey so much. I, I just want to wear a character shirt. This is like deep cuts on attractions and food and like one liners that get tweaked or songs that get tweaked. Like you have to know Disney really well. And that's I think cast members are the ones who usually give me the best reactions because they instantly get it. And they're like, what, where did you get that? You know, yeah. like they just have really, really the, uh, the certified trash shirts, which for anybody who uh, can't see uh, us, they're just basically resort trash cans on shirts. It's like the dumbest thing ever, but I love the Disney trash cans so much. Yeah. But every time I wear one of the certified, you know, Caribbean trash shirts with all the Caribbean beach resort ones, cast members are like, that's the best shirt ever. So like, I totally get the fact that uh, it's definitely not going to be for everybody, but it's, it's not because there's, there's so many other outlets for that kind of, yeah, uh, that kind of clothing. And and that's not what we're trying to project. We're trying to project funny humor and food. Uh, and then the, some of the attractions that we really know and love. Dude, the Han shot thirst shirt that I had. <laughs> I, I wore that for, uh, May the 4th. Dude, that shirt. First of all, I am a star Wars nerd through and through. So Sean, Han, Han shot first. I'm not going to get on Dwayne. 
don't let me get on a tangent. But Han shot first. The redone digital edits of that scene are are blasphemous. So we have a shirt. I have a shirt from War. Blasphemous. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and there we go. We're going. And it starts. (laughs) And it starts. Uh, There's this. Kirk has this great shirt that has two drinks. One is in a Han Solo outfit, and another one looks like Greedo. And the shirt says Han shot thirst. I got such a great reaction from that shirt at Hollywood studios. So funny. But again, like you have to be a real that the other thing I love about it is you have to be a real fan of star Wars and, and the parks to really get that. It's an, it's, it's a Oga's cantina slash star Wars joke, but I'm telling you, man, the cast members appreciate it. And I just, I love it. I like being, I like being uh, the conversation piece too. And your attire is always that it's a conversation piece. People always want to talk about uh, the shirts because they're just so they're, they're unique and they're funny for sure. They're definitely more unique than I think I laugh at a more than anybody, but the uh, yeah, I mean, Han Solo is the jet juice shot. So Han shot thirst, like literally it's the Han shot, which is jet juice from Oga's. And then, Greedo is a Takadana Quencher, which you technically can't get at Oga's. You get it over at Docking Bay 7, which I think is actually one of the best places to eat and super, super underrated in Batu. And I just started reading Black Spire. My buddy Scott turned me on to it. And wow, I'm really geeking out on Batu right now. I I don't hate it. We have sung the praises of Docking Bay 7 before, so I don't hate it. Listen, I could I could talk for uh, this hour just singing the praises of walruscarp.com. You got to get over there and check it out. He's at walruscarp clothing on Instagram. And like I said, Kirk is everywhere. I love his TikToks. He has these amazing parks. Uh, just It's like parks history, parks trivia. It's just really fun stuff that he immerses you in the history of Disney, the culture of Disney. And it's just as a fan, it's what we love about his shop. Every time, Kirk, we have someone on the show for the first time, we always – it is the tradition that we've always asked from our first fan on, our first guest on, to tell the story of when their love affair with Disney began. So the, the start or the genesis of their Disney life. We were Disney Life podcast before becoming this Dis Life. Um, when did it start for you? What Like when did this become a real thing? So my, my Diz life came from my parents, and it's actually just a general love of theme parks since I was two. We would always go consistently for vacations to theme parks, and we went to a lot. I mean, we're very fortunate in the Northeast. There's Hershey Park. There's Six Flags Great Adventure. There's Sesame Place. There's places in Vermont that we went to, uh, in Maryland. There's uh, Virginia had Bush Gardens a lot of great theme parks within a five-hour drive so that was always a premise for us but the big dog and because i had so many experiences in these other theme parks you can just make those inferences between them and the ip and the theming and the level of detail and the magic and the experience was just so much more immersive at disney parks now universal has caught up significantly uh however Disney still, nobody holds a candle to that. And uh, so trips with my parents, but really I can think, even though we had many trips together, there's one trip that solidifies in my mind. My, my parents saved and saved and saved. And they said, you know, there's never a time where we're ever going to want to splurge like this. And they splurged on a Polynesian uh, 
Seven Seas Lagoon facing room. And I remember having the lights out and we were on the second floor and we would watch the electric water pageant every single night. And our turndown service included a little Mickey Gold's coin. And I would always steal the soaps and the shampoos. And I still have soaps and shampoos from all the way back then from that trip. And I remember telling my parents after grabbing some Captain Cook's ice cream at midnight uh, in our room, I just said, I'm going to buy this room when I'm older. And that solidified my love for Disney. And even my wife and I, uh, our very first big trip was a, uh, a Disney trip. And then after that, we just went to theme parks and we went crazy on theme parks together. We got engaged at a theme park. So it's ingrained in our culture and, and who we are as a family. So the reason why Walrus Carp as a company even exists is because if I wasn't getting paid, which I'm not really getting paid to do this, uh, I would do this anyway. Like this is what I genuinely love and as cheesy as you know your guidance counselors go you should do what you love and it's hard to monetize that so i have a normal gig uh but i know deep down that we're adding a layer of value that over a sustained period of time will hit more people to be able to share great stories and 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 teach you more about the place that you really love like yeah we do have funny interesting shirts and clothes and that's that's an aside from i want to somehow make your disney life better Interesting fact, real quick. My wife and I also got engaged at a theme park. So I can I can definitely relate. We got engaged at a Six Flags in New Jersey. That that's, that's my that's, that's my alma mater, brother. So <laughs> I from age 13, this is how like sick I am. From age 13 to 25, I had a Six Flags season pass and I would go every single weekend. Yep. In my notebooks, I would draw roller coasters and cobra rolls and inversions and i i we had flashcards to memorize back when i was a real like crazy crazy into this is like when geo cities and the internet was just kind of yeah. starting and you got free uh web hosting i would take uh the old school disposable cameras and i would take pictures on the front views of all the roller coasters on six flags so like the great american screen machine and viper and every single roller coaster and I would upload them on this old school scanner that took like four and a half minutes to just scan one picture. And then I would upload it to geo cities. And so I've always had a, a, a thing about making content around theme parks. It's just, I gave that up when I became like 15, even though we did win the coveted three star coaster reviews, whatever website. And I'm pretty sure my counter had at least a thousand check-ins if you guys remember counters <laughs> i remember yeah. you remember on the very bottom you'd be like yes another three showed up <laughs> so yeah so so it's funny like that that memory came out maybe about two weeks ago i was like oh my gosh i can't even and then it, it kind of frustrated me i was like dude you could have been like one of the first to do pictures of stuff and videos in front of camera you could have been as big as like tpm and everything what's wrong with you yeah <laughs> yeah so fun fun fact, uh, Great Adventure in New Jersey was my home theme park as well. Uh, I did make a fun fact. Uh, this is an aside. Uh, were you an action park guy? You you're kind of right around that age where you could have done so that. I, I went to action park a couple of times because we had friends of the family that you called like aunt and uncle and cousins, and we would go up there because they were from North Jersey. And I got on one of the pipes like skegged is what they would say in surfing like just ripped from that thing but i to this day still think that action park was one of the coolest parks because it was integrated in the woods oh, so yeah. like imagine if somebody dumped cement 
into little trenches in the woods. And that's what you were in. So I was like, the theming's awesome here. It just yeah. happened to be, you were literally straight in the woods. Oh, and it's 25, it's 25 minutes from my house, by the way. Okay. So I'm very close to, I, I actually live closer now as an adult to action park into Vernon, New Jersey. than I did growing up. Um, I remember, I remember I have one distinct memory of action park as a kid. So, so, and the two of them are closely tied. So I was like a rail as a kid. Um, I just, I could never put on weight and like, I listen, I could eat and eat and eat and I never put on weight. So I was like the skinniest and smallest kid. Like I'm a little dude. And, um, my grandmother took me, uh, to, to great adventure. And, uh, she thought it was really funny. My grandmother was a little bit more portly than I was. So, you know, the bar that would come back on the runaway railway, Mm -hmm. it hit her, but man, I'm not kidding. There was about, there was like a two foot gap for me. So I was holding on to the bar with my arms and she in like, she was having a good time. She was laughing hysterically and like, ha ha, like hooting and hollering. And I was holding on for dear life. And that was like, I, I joke. And that was the beginning of the end for me for roller coasters until like I was <laughs> a grown man that I just never, uh, I never wanted to go on one again. And then I, I've told this story now, this is the third time I taught, uh, I taught middle schoolers and then I taught high school for 15 years the kids went to Dorney Park and I went on the ride. I went on um, Hercules with the group of kids and I'm going up. We're going up the, the, the chain link and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to be great. Like, I'm going to I'm going to make this like I'm not a little kid anymore. Like this isn't going to scare me. And then, Kirk, we started going down. I screamed F the <laughs> F word <laughs> continuously for the entire ride. I had students <laughs> sitting in front of me. And in back, and then we got off, and I'm like, "Hey guys, come here, come here, circle up." Now, Mr. Valentine tried to conquer. <laughs> I tried to conquer a fear, and it didn't work. But you should not repeat those words, and don't tell anybody that I said that. Oh, that's so funny. But my uh, my uncle took me to act took me to Action Park, and my mom called like mid like midway like where we were right about to leave, and she's like. Michael, if you put my son on any of that stuff there, I will kill you. And so I rode up to Action Park. I watched my cousin go on everything, and I was not allowed. My mom, like, banned me from being able to go on anything, which was probably a good idea because I probably would have died on something. Yeah. I would have been I one mean, of the fatalities. I have a battle scar from there. But you know what? There there were some really cool elements for the water rides that I, I've never seen introduced anywhere else, which, is, which doesn't really bode well for it. But uh, <laughs> there was one where it was like it kind of ended with a whirlpool into a tunnel and then mm-hmm. the tunnel just dropped like a good four feet in a tube. Like mm-hmm. I've never seen anybody do that. And you're probably not supposed to do that. But as a kid, it was awesome. And, you know, we have you seen the documentary cool. on that? No, uh, it's, I think it's streaming on Hulu or something, or maybe it's on Prime. I can't remember. It's on, but, uh, it's on HBO Max. Okay. It is the funniest documentary <laughs> for the first half. It's uh, When I tell you, it is hilarious, and it's comical. Um, it's scary funny because you realize, and they, like, they, do, they pull no punches. They tell you, like, this guy was basically designing rides on cocktail napkins. Like... <laughs> essentially two sheets to the wind, like not checking out the physics, sending the employees down as kind of like the, you know, there, there wasn't like any, any testing to this. He would just send down employees and basically be like, you know, here's the new ride, go check this thing out and test this out. But then the second half of it gets deadly serious because 
then they get into the fatalities that happened at yeah. the park. And it's like, then all of a sudden you, you stop laughing at the documentary anymore. And you're like, Ooh, this is not I, good. I remember walking up the hill to the left side and on the right, and like, this is like, you could see the loop. And I remember saying to my mom, like, how can you go through that loop without getting hurt? And it's funny seeing the video footage, because I saw the trailer for it. Somebody sent it to me. And I'm like, oh, my God, how did they legit let anyone go down that thing? Yeah. Especially the end. The end is really bad. Yep. Well, they had. Yeah. I mean, like that. If Listen, again, if you want to laugh for the first half and then cry for the second. Like it's, it's really good. It's called traction park or class action park is the name of the <laughs> class action park. Class action park is the name of the documentary. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's scary. So like as a, as a New Jersey uh, native myself, we grew up with, with action park and great adventure where our, that, that was our native park. All three of us share that in common. Yeah. So, somebody, it was a uh, lightning loops was our claim to fame of uh, being class action. Uh, that yeah. was a long time ago. And actually, you know, uh, Six Flags and Magic Kingdom are the oldest park maps that I have. I have a 1986. I also have a really old, I think I have a 1989 Dorney Park as well, because that was a big theme yep. park for me growing up. I went to that water park was amazing growing up. Yeah, it's still Dorney Park and Wildwater Kingdom. Yep. There was there was like a group of people. I don't know if you guys remember this kind of concept art for park maps. But it almost had that uh, "Where's Waldo" type characters drawn in it. Like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Like, this is like it did. one company that did almost everybody's park maps, and they all synonymously had that fun look. And yet, they were really cool to collect. And I have still all of them. And it's yeah, it's it's awesome. They were they were they were. Uh, that's a perfect description of them. They were cartoony. They were like "Where's Waldo," and yeah. they had a whimsical quality to them, more more so than being like a very logical like place to go. it was there was art there was art to it mm-hmm. literally there was art to it i i have a gripe about one thing regarding uh disney's way that they the the actual booklets are good for the food festivals because they go in order they go from mexico or, or actually technically they go from the world showplace into uh canada and then mexico and all the way around which that works really seamlessly but when they put the the food bl- or uh the Disney Parks blog dining foodie guide, they call it. Yeah. It's always just so displaced. So when I'm trying to write on my Disney snack planner, like, where am I going? It's never in order. And I'm just frustrated by that. I know that seems like a silly thing to be annoyed by, but I'm like, guys, you have, it's the same exact material. Just put it in a, a workable order. So if somebody wanted to just print out that list from Disney Parks, it would make so much more sense. Uh, it's yeah. kind of a weird miss on their part. I don't know, but they can't do everything, right? No. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> that, you know, they're doing the best they can, I guess, right? Hey, uh, so let's uh, let's ask a couple of questions, you know, about Disney. Try to find out what some of your favorites are. Is that all right? I would um, love nothing more than to talk about Disney. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So first, uh, just real simple, uh, a favorite. What is your favorite Disney park? My favorite Disney park, Magic Kingdom, always will always be and forever. Yeah. Although can I can I can I do a caveat to that? Sure. I used to have I'm going to give you a sequence right now. So it used to be Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Studios, Disney's Animal Kingdom. Now I've I've met some really great people, and one of those great people is this guy named Andy, who is called the Dak Guy. He takes amazing pictures. Well, just over this past weekend, he gave me a full VIP tour of Dak, and I 
bumped it up. It, it knocked down studios to number three. And until Ratatouille comes and Cosmic Rewind, I kind of want to move Zach up. And I started watching uh, the wonderful magic of Animal Kingdom, which is like yeah. a Nat Geo show. And I was oh, like, oh, awesome. okay, forget it. I really, really love Animal Kingdom. You got to get out of the headspace of attraction, attraction, attraction. Right. And then you can really enjoy that park. And it's it's really enriched. Seeing the macaws. All right. I, I quit. I quit. This is such a great park. But Magic Kingdom will never be usurped ever. It's always my number one. Yeah. As a I, historian, yeah, I can I can totally see that too. that you get into the history of the Magic Kingdom that it's it's got a charm it has a history to it. Not to say the other parks won't develop that someday, but right now Magic Kingdom is uh, well, it's got a real big head start. It has it has so much to offer in such a small space, but the space is laid out incredibly with the hub and spoke where like studios deficiencies are i would much rather stay in batu all day or stay in toy story uh land all day uh or on you know sunset boulevard all day because everything seems very disjointed Mm -hmm. and to maneuver around is really challenging in that park it's just not really well laid out to go from one end to the other where epcot like you get into the the showcase and it's easy you know that's that's yeah. not a problem magic kingdom it's really not a problem to cross section go from one end to the other in less than seven minutes uh but for me the reason why magic kingdom it's not like magic kingdom is the most revolutionary or anything it's because of the iconic rides you know mm-hmm. and the memories that i have within those rides and the things that i have to ride when i'm there or at least one of the the two most important rides to my heritage of disney so from a philosophical standpoint, you would probably on on that that spectrum fall in terms of uh, you're more of a traditionalist when it comes to Disney versus the constant renovation and the change. Um, or, no, or, so, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a really good question. Uh, I sometimes get a little up in arms and pitchforky with certain changes that are made uh, for a small minority group that is for whatever reason um taking offense uh i think I'm looking at you splash mountain you know thing, things <laughs> things get you know what though i you know this is my personal opinion i don't think that happens until for another two years i don't think they're closed because they would have to close it they would have already closed it right now if they were going to refurb it they're not going to close it during the 50th because they're going to be so slams like get real it's just not going to happen so I think it was, and honestly, where is it in the news? Who's who's up in arms about Splash? I see people, and it always has a 90-minute wait every single day. So it's not going anywhere anytime soon. It will happen. And I think there are some actually better plans that they could do to integrate it. I have no problem with it changing to Tiana. She's my favorite princess because yeah. she works her ass off. I love the fact that she, I love she's it. into yeah. food. And she she works for her dream and she comes from good family that taught her good values at a young age. Like I love everything that she embodies. Plus, there's some really good songs and really good characters. But much like Walt said, these are not museums. They should ebb and flow. Uh, But if they take out Country Bears, I will have a problem with that. But I I also know that Country Bears is its days are are numbered. So I, I try to make sure I go on Country Bears at least once a trip because I know it's it's only a matter of time. There's there's no weights for it. There's no crowd for it. There's no excitement for it. It's uh it's reached its its threshold, I think. Which which is sad to me because I love Disney Kitsch. 
obviously I love Disney Kitsch because as you can see over my shoulder, like I, I have great love and affinity for those classic animatronics and the classic rides. I love the Tiki Room. I love the Country Bears, if only for the history of, of the attraction itself. Like I, I think that the best Disney experience is a healthy balance of new and revolutionary ride experiences mixed in with the nostalgia of your childhood. I think, you know, and Walt, listen, Walt was right. You know, it's, it's got to change. It's got to evolve. It, it, it's a living, breathing thing. But I also think that there is something so important about reconnecting with your childhood on those rides. Like there are things that just, they should not be tinkered with and they should not be messed with. You can move Dumbo, but there should be Dumbo. Dumbo should be there in perpetuity. It should be there for forever because who hasn't had a ride with their dad on Dumbo and James write this down, buddy. Because it's the only time that I'm ever going to say it. The Tomorrowland Speedway, in some regards, falls into that category as well. I think they should just update it so that it doesn't smell like gasoline. But listen, who hasn't had a great memory with one of their parents being that that's your first driving experience? I remember being a little kid driving on that speedway. And it was the coolest thing that ever happened because, you know, I was like seven, eight years old driving a car. I felt bad for my father that I was probably pinging between those rails and giving him, you know, uh, throwing out his back. But there is a healthy balance of updating things and changing them. And I think that's important and that's all good. But the other thing Dwayne and I have said is it's not like Florida doesn't have the problem that California does where you have to make some really hard. Let's face it. For the Californians, they have to make some really tough decisions because there's only so much real estate. And so if there is a, a ride or an area that's underperforming, it very quickly gets the ax over there. But for all of that, how crazy is it that California still has some of the, the most authentic yeah. and like true Disney things like Lincoln still there, Mr. Toad's wild ride. They still have snow white. Uh, albeit it just got a, 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 a tune up, but snow white, scary adventure. Tune up too. Yeah. The Matterhorn, the Matterhorn is still there. Yeah. And if a place like California can honor that, it's it's also a little different. Let's be honest. Um, I mean, that is like the that is the epicenter of Walt, of Walt Disney. It would be sacrilegious to change certain things from from that park. Like, and and people would people would bring pitchforks if they touch some some things. But Florida, let's be honest, Florida does not have that issue. Land is not a problem. They could easily expand almost every single one of these parks. Or there's areas within the parks like Hollywood Studios. Let's use that as the perfect example. I just heard this on a podcast yesterday. They sacrificed the great movie ride. Meanwhile, you have the Star Wars launch bay, which is sitting over there in that that area. It's got the Disney Junior dance party. But that area could have easily have housed that Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway, keeping the integrity of the park, the showpiece of the park, which was the great movie ride intact updated it but kept the the real showpiece the la- really the last vestige of the original park there that people loved it built a runaway railway in another park area of the park that's not even being used and right. they they don't they don't do that so those are the times that I scratch my head and I just don't understand why Disney does those things it just drives me nuts I think I think it's efficiency and costs you know, there's a lot of demo that gets involved in there. There's probably a lot of electrical needs yeah. that go in there. So there's there's some engineering issues. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, 
I I liked going on the great movie ride, but I don't. Th- I think my kids would enjoy it too, but there would just be more explanation. That's mm-hmm. it. And I I don't know necessarily good, bad, and different. I'm happy to see trackless. So give me more trackless. I really I like that attraction more than the great movie ride, but that's a I personal preference. I I really like that ride. I've said this on this show. Because my daughter enjoys it. So for her, that's that's her memory. She loves that ride more than she ever did the great movie ride. But for me, like I was the I was the sap that teared up on the great movie ride at the movie montage at the end. Like that yeah. was the guy who I was. But again, with our generation, we grew up, um, we grew up in front of televisions watching and being blown away by Star Wars and Indiana Jones and Alien and The Wizard of Oz even though like we, we were old, we were uh, not old enough to remember the original wizard of Oz. We were weaned on stuff like that at, at our age in the seventies and eighties. So that ride resonated with people of, of my age group and, and older. So, um, but I, I get that. I understand. Yeah. I, I just, just don't, I don't think that Canon, that American cinema Canon is being transferred to. It's not. Gen Z or lower, you know, to the, to, you know, three and four year olds, you're not running out to go show on the wizard of Oz, even it's, though it's super iconoclastic, you know, it's not, I mean, it's, it's just not, I, there, there are very few kids these days that are growing up on classic American cinema. And I mean, they just don't know. I, I mean, like they don't understand the references. They don't understand, you know, who, who all these people are when you bring them up and, sure. uh, I, I get that. Like I understand, but you know, you probably hit the nail on the head too, is it's, it's cost, you know, it's cost having to, having to renovate and put in an, an entire ride in that area. I, Here, here's a fun fact about uh runaway railway. Do you know that um, they can speed up and slow down that ride, but a lot of times they speed it up to increase the capacity. So the, the ride duration can change based on how crowded the park is. So for example, the worst time to ride that, uh, that attraction is the last ride of the night because the cast members want to roll through. If they have a really long, deep line, they will speed up the ride and you will get less time in each showroom, which is you wouldn't notice it necessarily, you know, because things are moving. It's very chaotic in there kind of anyway. Yeah. Much like cartoons are chaotic in a way. Uh, so it, it doesn't necessarily get lost but you do have less time in scenes to be able to take in some of those really cool, fun hidden elements. Cause there's a billion in that, in that ride. The ride is gorgeous. Uh, I love the technology they're using on the ride. We, uh, we had an episode where we were talking about expanding on that technology. I would love to see that used over in the Mexico pavilion to cre- recreate a cocoa uh, boat ride. And that last room right now where you have the three caballeros and they have the uh, the LED or whatever, whatever they are, the fireworks, the fireworks on, yeah, on the ceiling. Yeah. I would love to see that because you, you have that that whole canvas there to have that be one giant projection of the land of the dead. I, I that would be so gorgeous to have something there like that. Yeah. I, so that I think is a great opportunity to plus, you know, that's that's a ride that could clearly integrate that IP really easily. Yeah. Um, without much spends so i think that would be great you know you you mentioned before i'm gonna go back to to disneyland disneyland because of that premise of less land it created to me a more concentrated environment of e-tickets 
right? So the best of the best can only be there because the the things that will take up space, why are you wasting the space when you need to have everything? So like the first time Mel and I actually took a trip out there uh, before we were married and I just kept going, this is like the best of everything at Disney World in two parks that I can walk like four football fields away. This is amazing. Yeah. And uh, and I, I really enjoyed the experience. And I am such a huge when you talk about history, uh, I love researching dark rides and Fantasyland over there just crushes ours. Like, I'm sorry, Princess Hall, Princess Hall. I get it. Frozen was so popular and they were not utilizing uh, meet and greet areas effectively but that is such a poor use of space that makes me want to tear my hair out but yeah, I, I think eventually an attraction is going there so i don't disagree with that i think that one thing that covid will effectively do i think it's going to reimagine how character meet and greets happen and I think that they're gonna I think that they're gonna take a look at the, the spacing issues with that. I, I just think that they're gonna I think that they're gonna be uh a little bit more um careful with with how they integrate those character interactions throughout the park for a multi for a multitude of reasons. But I think that with the character cavalcades, they're getting a really positive reaction from guests and it's a really positive guest experience that I think that they're probably gonna look at that and say, Hey, listen, you know, we're taking up this real estate for this meet and greet. And we could, you know, much more efficiently have these meet and greets done without, you know, having to, t- to take up a real estate. I think that they're probably going to, I think they're probably going to reimagine the way that they do that. I I hope they do use that, that space for something else other than that meet and greet. It is, like you said, it's a terrible waste of prime real estate right there in the middle of, of the park. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, uh, so our kids, I used to always make a handmade audio, uh, autograph book because they, that was one of their fun things and get pictures and autographs from all the characters. And I, I still envision that coming back at some point, but right now the only good meet and greet, uh, in terms of proximity to characters is over by the Hollywood Brown Derby where Donald and Chip and Dale are because mm-hmm. all that's there is a, a two and a half foot fence and less than three feet away, a character is right there. That's as close as you're getting right now. And, you know, I, I honestly, I, I'm ready to to be able to hug characters again. You know, like yes. one of my best memories is I look like such, such a nerd. Uh, me hugging Chewbacca, the pictures, my wife, and the, they actually changed out. It was one of those auto cameras, so there wasn't a photo pass person. But it it really got a good one of me like going in for this big bear hug, and you could tell like I legit I'm like I'm hugging Chewy right now. Yeah, you yeah. you know like it's like this you suspend your belief systems, and that dopamine is so good because it's just everything you want to do anyway is to to really feel entrenched with the characters. And it, it's so and, funny and, that you bring that up too because dads dads are generally like we're we have a very low tolerance for the character meet and greets like in general like it's like again how many times do we have to meet ariel meanwhile the 39 40 year old go, that goes to meet chewbacca <laughs> the, the, like, experience. it's yeah, yeah then it's like Completely I, I, and then we we have that sense of awe and wonder yeah there it, was there was this oh go ahead i was just gonna say funny funny enough you know just like Chewbacca, I have like this iconic selfie for me. I did a solo trip down to Disney and I have a 
so, yeah, I have a selfie of me and Buzz Lightyear. I mean, we're full on like hugging, you know, me and Buzz. And I'm like, and it's like one of my favorite pictures because it's like, I literally was standing in line to meet Buzz and there's all these people and all these kids and they're looking at this guy and they're like, who is this big guy in line and where's his kids? So like I walk up, the photo pass person's like, you know, your kids, I was, nope, it's me. It's me. <laughs> it's me and Buzz. I was like, I want to meet Buzz. It's, yeah, yeah so it's, why not? It's fun. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff. But like you said, I remember the first time um, that I saw Chewbacca and Darth Vader. I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, yeah. so cool. Then yeah, you become I mean, how, an else, how else are you going to meet them? Yeah. You're not going to meet them like on the street, you know, yeah. and, and you have to have the, the one thing. And here's like a pro tip because character meet and greets will come back. It is not the onus of the cast member to have a great character meet and greet. I think a lot of people have that perception that they're on show and display and they're going to make it really fun. You need to ad lib with them and you will have a much richer, incredible experience. If you just don't stand there waiting for them to do something with your kids or with yourself, add something funny in from. Uh, you know, a line from the movies or talk about a relationship. Or I remember with the Wicked Stepsisters, we ate at uh, 1900 Park Fair, which yes. is the buffet over at the Grand Floridian. Great buffet, too. Yeah. And uh, it was just really fun to say, well, how come uh, your your sister who had a terrible rip dress was able to get uh, Prince Charming in there? And the, you heard her just scream. You know, I think it was Drizella just losing her mind that was on me to make that happen. And it's just fun. Like it's way more fun to inject yourself in the story rather than just be an observer and, and cast members, like you can tell they're just going to mosey if the, if it's like, all right, I'm going to take a picture. All right. See you later. And they move, you know, I embarrassed the heck out of my daughter, maybe two years ago when we went to the princess Anna and Elsa meet and greet. Yeah. And everybody loves, everybody loves Elsa, but I, I, Anna is for me that, and uh, my daughter's there and she just, she's very shy. She just wanted to take the picture. And then here I am. I'm, and I walk up to Anna. I'm like, I think it's crazy. We finish each other's. And I just waited. Sandwiches. And she's like, oh, we're doing this. <laughs> we're doing this. Right? <laughs> and Bella's like, no, dad, you're embarrassing me. And it's yeah. like, what? Come on. I want to sing with Anna right now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. My son had a, a, you talk about just interacting. My son had a, an experience with, um, Mr. Incredible and Frozone, same kind of thing. My son was like, I don't know, eight or something. And he walks in and he starts flexing his muscles and and they just went off. The two of them. How, how do you not? That's like an amazing experience. They just flipped out. And, uh, and the uh, PhotoPass person went crazy. I bet we had 20 pictures. Yeah. The PhotoPass person was just going as fast as they could go. Yep. Because my son just went in and right away he started, you know, he was Hulk out, you know, he, yeah. was, Hulk he out. was just flexing and stuff. Oh, it was so funny. And Frozone and Mr. Incredible just went crazy. And, and and think about how much better those memories are. I mean, like even you right now telling the story, you're reliving that moment, yeah. getting to smile and yeah. laugh. And, and, and see, that's the difference between like a Six Flags. We all, our home park was Six Flags Great Adventure. It was a pad site of cement yeah. filled with Rides. roller coasters yep. that's, that's, it. Fine. that's fine and i i really enjoyed it i actually was like man skull mountain is pretty well themed and i was also a really big super loser we would record the audio of batman the ride because they actually had like a little bit of a backstory of these guys setting up a trap for batman coming out of this one speaker in the queue so there'd be like nobody in line and we'd be over there with uh 
like recording like the audio. <laughs> Uh, so like I was de- I was deprived of Disney. I needed any theme possible. Yeah. I'm like, look, it's kind of like we're in a sewer, and they're like, no, this is terrible. I'm like, no, it's really a sewer. <laughs> no, we're no, we're literally in a sewer right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I had to straight up, you know, I, I don't know. It's like one of those things where I um okay, but here's so here's the one thing yeah. though the Great Adventure had on Animal Kingdom. What in Great Adventure the monkeys could literally destroy your car. Uh, and they did. I mean, there was multiple times where we would have uh, like windshield wipers, like ripped off. Or uh, I mean, we were we were pretty we were pretty bad though. That uh, you also know that we, we didn't follow the rules. We would we would be that we were kids. Like as soon as we got licenses, like as soon as somebody was seventeen, we're like putting Pringles at. Like not yeah. don't do that, but we all were doing that. Giraffe you were not following the rules, like, man. Oh, man. This is really cool. This giraffe, like, hey, give me a Pringle. You know, like yep. stupid kids. Like, so we should have brought lettuce, like normal people. No, my so but- again, my grandmother before who almost <laughs> killed me on on my grandmother would bring bunches of bananas, dude. I'm not kidding. My grandmother, my grown grandmother, who should have been way more responsible. We, she wasn't a teenager. Like, we would do that stuff as teenagers too to try to get the animals to like just met like just mess with the car or like come to yeah. your car. My grandmother would take bananas, unpeel them, and then throw the bananas onto the hood of the car to get the animals to descend on the car. And then um, she had one of those old, like, Lincolns that had – remember the soft tops? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, demolished. They demolished. I mean, they're heavy. They're, like – they would sit on the side mirrors, and you'd be like, oh – Oh my car! Like it was always all right. Whose car is going through at this time? You know you're, you're not coming out unscathed. The uh, I don't know if you guys have been there recently, but I, I've been there within five years, and they now do all the way back by the log flume area, uh, like kind of where Medusa is and Runaway. Um, uh, what is it a Runaway Train back yeah, there? That, the one there's that almost killed loading, me. Yep. There's there's actually much like our Kilimanjaro uh, safari down in Disney's Animal Kingdom, they have safari trucks that they load and they have a uh, you know one of the employees going around driving and and it takes like 25 minutes to go through that safari. It's a huge safari and it's yeah. still really good. We did it during uh, COVID because there was not much open and it was socially distant. You paid I think like 40 bucks a car. And we took the girls through and, and winded through. It just brought back so many memories of driving through that safari. But they do a really nice job when they're running the their trucks yeah. internally. And that's weird to see at a Six Flags because that's so you, you, not. Yeah, you used to just go there. through. Yeah, you used to just go through with your car and like run your own risk of having your car trashed by the animals. It was awesome. <laughs> Dude, just it's crazy. They t- would let you drive with giraffe. Like, what are you doing? Why are you letting us? And we're kids. We're like little kids. Like, don't yeah. do that. Dude, but it's amazing how, even though despite that, <laughs> that things were like relatively okay. I can't see that in today's yeah. day and age. I just cannot see that happening. Like that people would not be that cool with it. Like you would have you, like you would have some serious issues. People would do stupid stuff, man. Yeah. Me, yeah imagine well. the, the live streams on one of those back from back then. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I definitely have old um we used to take camcorders on there was a Sony High 8, I think was the name of the mm-hmm. camera. And it was yep. like maybe this big, but it was like kind of fat. And it had like one of those like viewfinders, so like you could look like that. I think I don't think it had a flip out screen, but it might have. I I just 
I'm confusing a lot of cameras right now that we yeah. had throughout the years, but we used to take that on like like rolling thunder, be like, <laughs> like because we we would have these VHS tapes, and I can't remember what the name of the program was, but they would come with 3D glasses. It was like that that like really trashy like clear and then darker tint one. So like it wasn't really good 3D. Um, but it was front views of coasters of all these places. Like it made me go to Sandusky, Ohio to visit Cedar Point and you know, it all these iconic coasters that I, I had to go out and, and check out. So it's I don't know. It was it's always been ingrained. I love it. All right. So you are um you're the food guy. You are yes. you have so many videos of reviews and food of you doing food. Uh, what I, I would be remiss if I did not ask you what is your favorite restaurant on property? Um, you know, I, I think the best way to approach that, because it, it's a loaded question with not a great response, because I think everybody has like if somebody asked me, what's the best restaurant that I have to go? I, I think that's like unfair. But if we went park by park, I could do it or best table service or best quick service. Like you got to truncate it down because I got so All right. many best so table. Many let's do best table service. OK, uh, best table service. I'm probably going to go with. Um, you know, I'm going to go with um, Cali Grill and I think their food is exceptional. I think the service is really great, but where that really shines is access. If you can get the seats by the windows and looking at Magic Kingdom at night, and remember, Magic Kingdom is my most important park, but you can see every single one of the mountains lit up really, really nice. And then at night when the fireworks are actually going, and here's a pro tip, you don't even have to eat at the restaurant. If you go to Cali Grill, they have a lounge, and like this is not COVID times, but you could go up and get a cocktail at the lounge, save your receipt, and they would let you come back up and use the viewing deck to watch the fireworks, which they pipe in the music for the fireworks. So I, I think just experiential, that is so unique in comparison to other places just because of the access of it. I mean, there's some really good high-end places to eat. Like I, I think the Riviera has some of the best food on property. Um, and then like theming-wise, though, it is very Spartan. Like the contemporary has no theme. It's just like convention center to me or modern, was modern when it was you know built. But. I still love it though. I still love it because it's cla- it's classic Disney. I know it's sterile. I know that people have constantly said the theme is is seventies. And I'm like, listen, I still love it just for the history of of the building itself. Yeah, right, and, so- and and you can actually eat there really affordably too. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, Cali gets a real bad knock because people say like it's so expensive. You can get a burger for like seventeen bucks. Um, the sushi's really overpriced. It's like twenty seven ninety nine for. Come on, like we can get sushi everywhere. It's it's pretty normal. Although the sushi at holy gosh, Takumi Tai. Have you guys yeah. ever? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's the, the Japanese pavilion. It's, it's a, yeah, a newer it's, restaurant, and it's below uh, Teppanito, which is the hibachi. Mm-hmm. life changing i had sea urchin there and i've never had sea urchin before and it's probably one of the most flavorful bites i've ever had in my entire life wow which i could also just say the japanese pavilion is the best pavilion where none of the restaurants miss none of the booths miss it's it's batting a thousand it's perfect everything Teppanito is probably the best one for value and entertainment uh uh, Takumi Tei for a night out with uh, the wife or the partner or whatever. Uh, any of the food and wine 
or any just booths on the food festivals are incredible. The sake booth is amazing. That violet sake is life-changing. And the Tokyo uh, Sunrise or Sunset is really good cocktail, too. Frozen Sapporo is a lot of fun, and same with the shaved ice. And then Katsura Grill, which nobody talks about, has one of the prettiest and nobody ever sits back there amazing zen gardens that you can just kind of chill and look at koi plus there's a sneaky bathroom back there if things are really really crowded so we keep those hidden i'm gonna cut that audio don't worry about (laughs) it i got like a billion hidden bathrooms you'll never find me yeah we're gonna we're gonna hide that audio uh Dwayne. so i just came to the realization so Kirk, Kirk just got an invitation to the Foodie Awards for next year. Yes. Oh, that'd we be just great. recorded with with Amy and Dana from the Run Eat Drink podcast. They held yeah. the first annual Foodie Awards on our show. So next year, we said, "Listen, we had so much fun. We're like, we got to kick this up a few notches for the second year." So Kirk is going to be invited, and yeah. he's going to be he's definitely going to be on that episode. Uh, we were I, coat, would we be... were coat and tie and everything. It was fun. They, that would be an honor, and I would totally wear a suit and tie for the occasion. I didn't fit my tuxedo this year. Uh, it was bad because I haven't worn the tux in like ten years. I couldn't mm-hmm. close it. I couldn't close it. Yeah, it was not. It wasn't good. I'm doing too much eating at at Disney. That's the problem. All right, so we uh, we're we're known for hot takes here too. So, um, what would you say is I'm I'm not trying to get a hot take out of you in as much as just get. I really want your opinion on what you think is the worst place to eat at disney on property that you're just like nope that place is disgusting i'm not i'm not doing it all right uh let me think because that's that's tough there's uh (laughs) there's some places that i think are bad for the sake of price or value i'm a pretty frugal disney person even though i spend a lot of money on food um i'm trying to think of like what the word i mean i've had some really bad items can I tell you the worst food item I ever had? Because that's sure. just yeah. ripping my mind. The worst thing I've ever had was the poor and unfortunate souls float, which was over at Storybook uh, Treats in Fantasyland mm-hmm. in Magic Kingdom. It was a cream cheese purple dyed soft serve in cherry Coke with a fondant crown for Ursula. It looks beautiful. I was the poor, unfortunate soul that day. <laughs> uh, I've never tasted anything so foul and disgusting. Uh, and I, I usually am pretty generous, and I almost never go, that's a zero zero. I immediately chuck that right in the trash and, and wish I threw myself in the trash, too. <laughs> he almost cut a deal with Ursula to make sure it went away. I, I like, mean, honestly, I would have signed a contract for her to never, uh, <laughs> ever put ice cream together ever in fantasy land. She can have my voice. It's worth it. So it nobody looked, else has to yeah, deal with it. I, as a food item, it looked good on Instagram, but it was so funny that you're not alone in that assessment. So many people that posted on Instagram were like, looks great. This is the most disgusting thing ever. It was well, that's, that's kind of a trend with Disney. Uh, so like my biggest FOMO thing is cupcakes. I get every single cupcake because they look amazing. The theming is so cool. Sometimes it's character IP. Sometimes it's the flavor combos. But almost <laughs> this is like a common thing. Eight out of ten are garbage. And then there's two that are amazing. It's kind of like my golf game. Like eight out of ten are awful, and then two, I'm like, oh man, I should come back and play this again, you know. That's and then because yeah, and because of those two, then you also make another eight bad decisions, and you're like, I gotta get that cupcake. 
You know what? I've come to grips that I have cupcake FOMO in Disney and it's just shut up, take my money and uh, I'll hate myself. And that's fine. I'm okay with it because I can't stop. I cannot stop. I I literally go, oh, wow. Uh, I didn't realize that Saratoga Springs had that. I could probably fit that in on the drive over. It's like, so uh, what's wrong with me? I got got mental problems. I'm sorry. Uh, So I caught I caught some flack with with Dwayne at all. Let's just say not just Dwayne, but a lot of people. That I I had a hot take that I I I perennially skip the Canadian Pavilion. Mm. Is there a pavilion in the World Showcase that you find yourself to say I'm not a fan of this showcase in terms of the cuisine, or is oh. is there a skip it pavilion for you? A thousand percent, a thousand percent. It's a skip it pavilion to me. It's Italy. Now I like the pizza at at uh, at Via Napoli. Great pizza. The pepperoni cups. I don't know what they're doing, but I'm into it. Uh, but everything at Italy is very pedestrian in the sense that, like, I came here to experience some really unique cultures, not Americanized Italian food that I can get anywhere. And why did these Zeppelis cost me fourteen ninety nine? Like, I have a, I have a real problem. And it's probably because it's, it's unique because you can always tell who are third party operators in the uh, showcase because pricing is either really different and lower. Like at Teppanito, you can get a beer for like five fifty, and you're like, "Wait, where? What? What's going? Are Are you guys sure? Are you sure?" And uh, but in Italy, everything is grossly overpriced. Yeah, grossly overpriced, and I think it's not worth the value. Uh, the only thing that's eluded me, and because it's evergreen, you can get it all the time. The Italian margarita, I eventually want to try because it sounds interesting. Because as limoncello. And my wife really likes going to um, like I, I want to try a Tutto Gusto wine bar, but we've gotten some wine at some of the other places, and and it's nice sitting out there, and I like it. But that is not a I have to try something at that booth at every food festival. That is a pass every single time. You and I are very lucky, being from the area that we are, that we have some really great Italian cuisine. Yeah. So I, I've I've always qualified my assessments of Italian food at Disney be, being from the area that I'm from and saying, listen. Uh, you know, full disclosure, I, I get spoiled with Italian food being so close to the New York City metropolitan area. I am not a huge fan of Vianopoli. It's I call it serviceable. It's okay. That's not terrible. I can eat it. I don't go there habitually as a man. I have to like some people. It's a destination for them. And they're like, I have to go there. I've never understood that. I do enjoy um, the other restaurant. I do enjoy um, Tutto Italia. Mm-hmm. It is very simple, but to me, that simplicity is more reminiscent of what we've experienced over in Italy. Um, maybe not as fresh as you're getting over in Italy, but they don't. It's not a very complex series of dishes. The, like the sauce do is they, there. Do they do fresh pasta? Because that's make or break. They, you know? um, there are some of the dishes that do have fresh pasta. Where I, where I happen to really think that that restaurant excels is there is a tendency with Disney to over-season the Italian food, specifically the sauce, that um, they use a lot of he- – they're heavy-handed on their oregano use mm-hmm. and their sauce on property, period. To me, that is, like, so anti-authentic when you have that. Like, to me and, – and, again, I'm going to offend some people. That's like, that's like, why don't you just go buy a jar of Prego or Ragu? Like – that's not Italian. I'm sorry. That's not Italian stuff. Like we, but when you're here, 
your yeah. family. Yeah, like we um <laughs> listen again, I'm called I the last name is Valentino. I'm mm-hmm. from we're from the boot, okay? <laughs> It's like, you know, when, when I, and I'm sure that there are people that when I talk about like enchiladas or, or even like tacos pastor that I'll wax poetic about a place. And then you'll have people of Mexican heritage or like Hispanic descent. That'll be like, Oh, Mark. Oh, Oh, Mark. I tell people, I'm like, listen, man, this is my wheelhouse. And that is not Italian food. I don't know what the hell that is. That's not Italian food. So I can understand I don't even hate that take on your part because I would I would say that eighty percent of the food that's in that pavilion is it's okay it's pedestrian. It's dude. I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna lie. This whole entire time I have been thinking about what's the worst dining experience I've had in Disney, and and frankly, the only thing I can come up with is some places where maybe the service was a little lacking, right? But there's always something good and enjoyable at each place. And it offers such unique experiences, whether that's theme or whether that's environment or whether that's music or whether that's characters, that there's there's not really a you can't go there. This is like the worst place ever. Mm-hmm. Like people knock Cosmic Rays, but there's some good things at Cosmic Rays. Like I get why people knock it. Sit in front of Sunny for a hot second. <laughs> Like and cool your jets, you know. I get. It. I am. I I'm one it. of. Th- I'm one of them. I. I am guilty. Yeah. Guilty as charged. I get I it. Like, I, totally I don't like the food it. there. Yeah, I don't like so the food. It, it's. I. I understand the, the spicy chicken sandwich they've added, uh, which was from uh, Halloween, has now become a perpetuity item, and the pickle slaw is delicious. So, like, if there was one thing that I would say, go get. Also, I'm a sicko. I love their vegan sloppy Joe, and everyone else thinks it's like dog food i'm like man this thing's really good <laughs> see now i'm i'm perfectly content to go there get a diet coke and sit in front of sunny eclipse and enjoy yeah, it i don't it, like man. the food there but yeah which which i i think that's probably the only one that i could hear a legitimate argument from i there are definitely some like hidden gems though to me and, and once again this is very particular to your taste of food and your preference on ip but I think Skipper Canteen gets no love, and that is shockingly abysmal. And I'm okay with that because oh. I can always get an ADR. It's amazing there. The food is good. The I love it. It's better. Yeah. And it's actually pretty reasonable if you split entrees with people because they give you a ridiculous portion. Like if you get the hearty char-char uh, pork, they give you like four slats. I'm like, how many pigs, bro? How many pigs is on this thing? Like it's a lot and like it's really hot in Florida. I don't I can't eat this much and get meat sweats on you get top the meat of sweats. sweats. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, you get the meat sweats. Mm-hmm. Right. We uh my wife and I did an episode, and that was one of our hidden gems with Skipper Canteen. And oh you can God. always get an ADR there. We sat in the butterfly booth. Oh uh, one time that, that we went the SDA room. Amazing, yep. dude. You you hit the nail. You know what? So I'm gonna say it here, and i I've told other people this. At some point in my life, I am reopening the Adventurer Club because the Adventurer Club was the most amazing place in Pleasure Island that should have never closed. And we sorely have been lacking that. And on property, when you talk about just like the best themed places, you're talking Be Our Guest, you're talking Trader Sam's, and you're talking Ogus Cantina. Those are the full immersion locations. You are not in uh, uh, Kansas anymore. You know, it is so uniquely different. I cannot wait for when, uh, like in Toy Story Land, when they open up the um, 
like the Woody's Roundup Rodeo barbecue. barbecue. Yeah. I'm so stoked on that one too because I think Toy Story Land is, and I'll say this straight up, Hollywood Studios is the best park at night. It has the most incredible lighting on some of the largest icons ever. Like that dull background glow of the Christmas lights in Toy Story Land are amazing. Hollywood, you look at the the um, Hollywood Tower Hotel, it just looks so gorgeous at night. Mm-hmm. You look at the Chinese Theater, looks gorgeous at night. You look at the Millennium Falcon, stop. Like I can't even talk. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just, and conversely, I think magic kingdom is the worst lit at night. And most of the time I feel like I'm going to get mugged in fantasy land. So. <laughs> True story. I may have been mugged in fantasy. Land once. <laughs> Dude, when you're walking back past, uh, what do they call it? It's like Eric's marketplace, which is yeah. never open. I'm like, you might as well hit me with a bat. There's nobody here. That voyage, yeah, that voyage of the Little Mermaid area gets rough. There's a lot of crime. A lot of crime. That's the hood. hood. (laughs) It's funny, right? So, um, I did one of those um, where you pay extra and you get like three hours in the park when it's closed. And the whole purpose of it was to eat a Mickey Premium bar for every ride I I went on, with the goal being to eat ten. And where they first of all they don't tell you where any of the snack carts are so once i figured out where the snack carts are you had to like strategically place where you were going and then where i would sit and eat nothing is sadder than watching a grown man sit on the side of tortuga uh just housing two premium bars to get through to the next ride oh seven that's another that's another area at night that as you're walking from Frontierland over to Adventureland on that back that back way, like back by Pico's Bill. That's yeah. another that's another rough area. You might get you might meet some real pirates over in that area. Yeah, yeah. that that's really dark too. Uh, it, only Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland's the best looking land yeah. at night in Magic Kingdom, apart from Main Street. You know, yeah. it's just, yeah. Tomorrowland too. Just the the music fits futuristic all that stuff but i'm a sucker for not going on astro orbiter late at night i like to go on dumbo because there's no line and the view and the height is not that dramatically different and you still get a really nice vantage point um and it doesn't take up too much of your time because that elevators like build some stairs people pro tip yeah pro tip (laughs) i like it all right gentlemen are you ready to do this oh boy here we go here we go the first ever dad joke off i made it up not even i don't even know what that is i'm sure that james and sarah are ringing the bell at that the phrase that phrase itself don't care um so here are the rules Uh, i don't know any of these jokes we were gonna do we were gonna do it a little bit differently in terms of the the rules of the game but then we changed it uh we'll take turns kirk is going to deliver the first joke and then because he's the guest uh, Dwayne is like got the home field advantage on the on the first one in that Dwayne, you'll deliver the second joke, and then I will award a point for each round of who's got the best dad joke. It, not necessarily, I may not laugh at either one of them. They may be terrible, <laughs> which is okay. Sometimes bad is good. Uh, but then I will award a point. I'm gonna keep tally much like we do on the adult game night. I've got my fancy post-it note to just keep score no fancy scorekeeping system here we're just writing it with a pencil a number two pencil and a post-it note and then let the best dad win <laughs> here we go right, so i'm going first correct Kirk, you were up yep. first 
All right, I'm going to go because we're on. So you guys have to answer this, too, because I, I don't really know. And there's there's not a lot of confluence on it. Is uh, is it Revenge of the Fifth or Revenge of the Sixth? Wouldn't we actually celebrate uh, Sith Day? So I I have. It's so funny that you ask that. I have been trying to research it. And my understanding is it actually is Revenge of the Fifth. But there's been a counter movement because that's Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, I think it's better for it to be the six. I agree. And it starts with an S. Like it makes more sense. It ends with the TH. It works. I agree. So I think it started as Revenge of the Fifth. And then people were like, hey, bro, like we have a legitimate holiday here. Right. And then I think as a result of that, those of us in the Star Wars community are like, okay, I'll back off. We we also have the sixth. Yeah. We'll do that. Better play on words. Okay. So in, in the spirit of that, and I didn't tell this one in any of the past few days with all the Star Wars jokes, um, why does Obi-Wan Kenobi, I can't even get through it, why does Obi-Wan Kenobi keep his coffee on the top shelf? Why? Because he likes the high grounds. Dude, Dwayne, you're in so much trouble. Dude. I'm gonna get murdered. No, this is not good. This is not. Oh good. Oh my gosh, Dwayne, you're in trouble, man. I'm sorry. I'm you're dealing trouble. with you're dealing with the Jedi Master right now. I'm, well, I'm the, the problem is if you if you googled like Disney dad jokes, just know that I know all of them. Yeah, well, I I didn't. I didn't. Oh, perfect. Stay and Disney. you're good. You're good. I didn't Fire stay away. Disney at all. I just kind of went random, complete dad random jokes. joke. Uh, but this one does have a little bit of a Marvel flair. All right. Okay. So, uh, what does Iron Man do before he takes a shower? What? He uh, gets stark naked. That's a good one. Kirk, he got he got you on that one, dude. Dude, I, here's the well, problem. I'm not good at this. Like, first of all, <laughs> I am not gonna play the I don't want to laugh because that's not enjoyable. No, I, I we might as well have support. some fun. It's so much better to enjoy the jokes. Yeah, that's I agree. That's why I liked I liked the the amended rules a lot better. Of rather than us not being able to laugh and whoever yeah. cracked a yeah. laugh got the point. I was like, listen, it's just so much better if we could just laugh and then just, just give laugh. give point, Dwayne. You got one point. Dwayne is up got, one nothing. I, it's all it's good now. I didn't get shut out. All right, Dwayne, <laughs> you're going you're going first this time. All right, so I'm going first on this one. All right, um, how about this one? Uh, what do you call a redhead throwing a temper tantrum? I don't uh, know what a ginger snap. Well, you got to watch out. Ginger does snap. <laughs> She's a tough cookie, though. <laughs> She's oh, a tough man. cookie. Little, all oh, right. Sh- which uh, you you do see? I don't know if it's the similar casting, uh, but on Living with the Land, the crocodiles from Living with the Land look eerily similar to the ones that are on the Jungle Cruise. But I, I can't confirm or deny that they're the same ones yet. But I, I'm working on it. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of nothing related, did you see all the keyboards that were mounted at Oga's Docking Bay Seven and Rano Roasters? All those keyboards on the walls. Did you notice that? No. Yeah, Disney Imagineers just wanted to make sure there were enough space bars. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! <laughs> They're both. Oh, <laughs> uh, Kirk's got that one. We're tied up at one. Uh, Kirk is up first. Uh, 
Okay, let me think. Um, uh, sorry, I'm like I'm racking my brain on some of these. Uh, all right. <laughs> this is great (laughs) yes sadly you know uh it's a shame like why can't elsa ever get a mickey balloon on main street why she'll just let it go let it go let it go i I, listen i knew where you were going with that one but i was like i don't even care just do it (laughs) all right Dwayne. All right, here's a good one. Here, I like this one. Why don't they play poker in the jungle? Why? There's too, too many, many cheetahs. Too many cheetahs. <laughs> right. There are. Yeah. See, he saw that one coming. I yeah, saw, he the saw it coming. Yeah. I saw the let it go. Uh, Kirk's gonna get that. Kirk's gonna get that one. Because I, I, uh, yeah, Kirk's gonna get that one. All right, Dwayne, you're up. All right. Uh, I'll tell you, here's what I'm going to do. This We won't call it a dad joke. This one's my son's joke. And my son tells this all the time. So I stole this one from him. So my son says, he says, hey, dad, I came up with a new word today. You want to hear what it is? What? I said, I said, sure. He said, plagiarism. <laughs> I like that. It's good. Uh, as, hey, as a well, former from, history teacher, I could appreciate from, from the mind of a 14-year-old child. Dude, right? Wait, you were you were a history teacher <laughs> for 15 years, yeah? No, I was a history teacher for three years. I taught uh high school world cultures and world history. Uh, US too. Yep, so. world AP world history and world history and civics and economics. That's <laughs> 15 funny, years, yeah. All right, Kirk is up. All right. Um Why is uh, why is Snow White such a great judge? Why? Because she's the fairest of them all. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, you know what, Dwayne? I'm, I because it was Brady. I got to give a point. We're tied <laughs> at right. two. This is it. This is for all the marbles. Oh, geez. This is it, okay. Kirk. You're up first. All right. No well, pressure. this is. This is my uh, my claim to fame one I always use. Why does Donald Duck have so many tail feathers? Why? Why? To cover his butt quack. (laughs) 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 So good. Yeah. That one killed every time. Okay, look. All right, here. He's one, That's but I'm it. still he's one, but I'm still gonna give you my joke. Okay. So what do you do with an elephant with three balls? <laughs> you walk him and pitch to the giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I gosh. like that one. I'm sorry. I like that one. <laughs> Bring in oh. the lefty. Wow. <laughs> Kirk, congratulations. Technically, he conceded. Congratulations. <laughs> Dude, we have to make that a segment or something. That was really fun. Dude, so, you know, fun. it's funny. You mentioned earlier on how uh, it became like a thing. Well, I <laughs> what was happening was uh, I got turned on by um, Matt from Disney Coffee Blog. He goes, dude, you know, Panera gives away three months of free coffee. And 
because of COVID, our daycare closed and we had to switch to another one. And it was right next to a Panera. I said, all right, this is a perfect opportunity. I'll try all the coffees at Panera. It's completely free for three months. So I had this moment where I was waiting for my coffee order to be made in the parking lot. And I started doing lives in the morning. And I don't know why, but I started telling a joke and something about Disney as a fun fact. And then six months later, here we are still doing it every single day. And it's like one of the most enjoyable things for me. And I swear, no joke, I am laughing almost the entire time while telling the joke because I can't with these things. Some of them are so well made. And I I have some really good resources for some dad jokes that I can share off air. Yeah, dude. Awesome. I'm gonna have, that, if he's gonna make it a regular segment, I gotta brush up and get a little. Yeah, better. that was oh, uh, that was. Good. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> got, this episode, this episode was a lot of fun for a multitude of reasons. One, we all got to relive our great adventure days slash That's action. So funny. Yeah, action yeah. park. Oh yeah, for sure. Like that was that in in and of itself was really epic. Uh, the dad joke segment was um, amazing, but uh, just. Listen, Kirk, here's the other thing too, dude. Like I, we, we say this constantly. I could talk Disney with you for like eight to 10 hours and we would look up and before we started and hit the record button, we were, we were already talking for about an hour, just hanging out and shooting the breeze. But uh, I, I could do this anytime. Listen, anytime you want to come on, I'd love to have you come on because like, again, you are just, uh, you're a Disney fan. You're a Disney through and through. As a Disney historian, like anytime you want to come on and talk Disney, man, please. Like Dwayne and I had, yeah. we had such a great time. I know I'm speaking yeah. for Dwayne right now, but I could, we listen, I, we haven't laughed this much in a long time. Yeah. Um, and again, if you have not had a chance, please don't forget like walrus carp clothing, uh, check, check out what, what Kirk has. Like it is really funny, great stuff. Like you can't, you cannot get this level of stuff in the parks. And we're just a huge fan of his and what he's doing on social media as well. And um, check check out his shop, engage with him on social media. Uh, his Instagram is specifically like it's it's just fabulous. And that's at Walrus Carp Clothing on Instagram. And then he's everywhere. He's on TikTok. He's on Twitter. He's on Facebook. Yep. Please check him out. I, I, you will not regret that. Kirk, man, thank you so much for for joining yeah, us. Thank you. You guys are amazing. And the fact that you have time to do this with your busy lives and, and run and host it. I just, I thank you for letting me ride your coattails today. Well, listen, like you said, like you said, for us, it's exactly even paid or not. This is something that enriches our lives in that Mm -hmm. we get to talk about something that we love and we may not be in the parks, but that's what this podcast was. It was about staying in the bubble our, and making our own Disney bubble here in the Northeast yeah. that we can do this on, on, on the weekly and get that magic in our own lives. And just, we get close and we have a chance to laugh on, on a random night of the week. So yeah. anytime that you want to come and live in, in the Disney bubble, man, we would love to have you back. I would love to geek out on some like more specifics, like where we pick some really deep cut topics that yes. either I don't necessarily know about but my research skills could could entrench on, and uh, I think it would be really fun to to do this. Yeah, yeah, we love. Yeah, we always love doing those kind of things, and and just like uh, the, sometimes the quirkier the episode is, the the more fun we have. So yeah. absolutely, let's let's set that date. Like when we hang up here, let's set that date and let's do that. Check him out at Walrus Carp Clothing, walruscarp.com. 
Thank you so much for joining us as you have every single week. And again, check out and download our podcast at www.thisdislifepodcast.com. Check us out on Facebook backslash groups, This Dis Life. And we're over on Instagram at This Dis Life Podcast. And then uh, if you have a chance and would love to consider becoming one of our Patreons, we would love to have your support for myself, for Kirk, for Dwayne. Thank you so much for joining us again. And I hope that the rest of your week is filled with faith, trust, and pixie dust. Guys, see you real soon. This Diz Life podcast is brought to you by the Happiness is Addictive collection. Happiness is Addictive is passionate about spreading laughter and creating smiles worldwide. They love bringing their global community together through optimism, cheer, hopefulness, merriment, and celebrating life's magical moments. They know how important it is to celebrate life's adventures, and their apparel will give you everlasting, one-of-a-kind memories through pixie-dusted family photos, compliments from park guests, and magical moments with cast members. They pride themselves on high-quality, custom-made apparel at competitive prices with world-class service. Let them help you create a lifetime of memories, whether you're Disney-bounding, kicking it poolside, participating in run Disney marathons, having costumed adventures, or just living your best Disney life. You can find their Happiness is Addictive shop on Etsy. You can also find them on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Pinterest. They are proud to be featured in Indie Central Florida, the Thoughtful Gift Club, and now here on Diz Life Podcast. Their collection was founded by a 15-year former cast member who knows how to enhance your magical moments for a lifetime of memories with your family. Don't forget to use promo code DISLIFE15 to take an extra 15% off. What are you waiting for? Head over to Etsy and start getting happy today. Follow the link in our show notes and you'll find out for yourself that happiness is addictive.